to the One in One Podcast, where below-average podcaster chats with an above-average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is Kyla Irwin, who played basketball at the University of Connecticut from 2016 to 2020. We're going to hear all about her career and what it's like to play for Gina Oriema. Kyla, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And I just want to start off by saying I'm so sorry that your senior year got cut short due to the coronavirus. Thank you. Yeah, that's definitely a bummer for sure. Yeah, it is. And and I know you were injured and wouldn't have been able to play in the tournament, which we're definitely going to talk about later. But your team was very much in the hunt. And I think a lot of people thought like, oh, UConn has three losses. And for UConn, that's, that's kind of a big deal. But a lot of people were counting you guys out, but you guys were very much in the hunt. Yeah, I agree. I think we were playing our best basketball towards the end of our season, and so I was just getting really excited for the tournament and, um, you know, whether I was going to be able to play or not. Um, definitely just being able to experience that for my last year. Absolutely. And you know what I hate? People saying, oh, Oregon was going to win, or oh, South Carolina was going to win. And absolutely nothing against Oregon and South Carolina. But obviously, you have to play the game, right? I mean, anything yeah. can happen. They could have very, yeah, very easily have won it, or they could have very easily have been upset. And Kyla, you would know more than anyone, right? You were on two teams that back to back years were undefeated going into the Final Four and lost at the last second. Yeah, uh, you know, they call it March Madness, so a lot of crazy things happen, and, um, you know, you got to play the game and see who wins, and I think that was just something that everyone struggled with because we didn't get to play any of the games. I don't know, that's just a pet peeve of mine. Anytime I see on Instagram and Twitter, like, oh, Oregon would have won. It's like, no one knows that. (laughs) And, you know, athletics aside, graduation was canceled, too, so it's just such a bummer for all the seniors that worked so hard the past four years. Yeah, I know. That was definitely something I was really looking forward to, just being able to share that moment with my family and friends and, you know, people that I went through the four years with. So I was getting really excited for that moment, and uh, I wasn't expecting to spend it at my house, but, you know, I guess things happen. Yeah, yeah, it's really out of your control. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about some happier things, Kyla. Let's talk about your <laughs> career. All right, sounds good. <laughs> so you grew up in State College, Pennsylvania. It's the same town that Penn State is in. Did you go to a lot of the games growing up? Um, yes and no. My mom played basketball at Penn State, so you know we would go and support. And when we were younger, it was just like things to do. Um, like I can literally see Bryce Jordan Center from my house, so it's just wow. something like it's super close. Um, just something to do. Um, I loved like watching a bunch of other sports there, so it was just convenient that um, you know it was so close. Yeah, it's very convenient. I imagine you know the "We Are" chant very well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I definitely definitely know that one. <laughs> so you're one of six children, a real Brady bunch. Where are you in the birth order? I'm the the youngest. Wow. So, okay. Yep, I'm the baby. <laughs> Nice. Now, your oldest sibling, how many years older is he or she than you? Um, she's 12 years older. Oh, wow. Okay. Then, yeah. So it's girl, girl, boy, 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 girl. All right. Nice. How, how was it growing up with all those siblings? <laughs> it was awesome. I mean, I wouldn't have changed it for anything in the entire world. 
Um, they're my best friends, and they made it so much fun just to be competitive and have a great time. And it worked out that it was always three girls and three boys, so it was always, like, boys against girls or just, you know, stuff like that. And it was just always a lot of fun, good atmosphere to be around, and they taught me so much about everything, um, just how to work hard and, um, have, like, be determined be determined towards things, and so I have so much to thank them for, and I just love being the youngest and having so many great role models to look up to. That's awesome. And now, are they, are they into athletics as well? Yeah, at one point, they all did play, um, like, three sports in high school, and then uh, four out of the six of us played sports in college. Wow, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. How many at the D1 level? Uh, just my one brother, he played football at Sunnybrook University. All right, nice. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into basketball? Uh, well, like I said, my mom, she played basketball at Penn State. So, you know, it's been part of her life forever. And the high school that I went to, um, she actually was the high school basketball coach there before I was even born. And then um, a few years later, of her coaching, my dad joined her. My mom was varsity coach. My dad was JV coach. And so I was literally just brought up in the gym. I was born in September. season started in November. So I was really taking my naps in the ball cart. <laughs> um, you know, just I was always in the gym. And so it was just second nature for me to start picking up the ball and doing whatever I could and, uh, you know, joining the little CYO leagues and stuff like that. Um, and obviously playing with my siblings and outside and everything. But, uh, yeah, basketball's always been part of my life and the biggest part, really. So now I know you were coached by your mom. So did she coach all those years straight? Yeah. So, um, yeah, she did. And she actually would coach middle school, too. So she was coaching pretty much year-round. Jeez, good um, for her. Yeah, so it was like 20-something years. She retired. Both my parents retired from coaching. My, after my senior year so that they could attend my game in college. Oh, that's um, great. So it was like 20-something years that they were coaching at the high school. Wow, good for them. Yeah, yeah, it's really awesome. And did you play any other sports growing up? I did. Um, I played volleyball in high school, and then I played softball up until middle school and, like, soccer when I was younger. So as you mentioned with your mom coaching, you attend State College High School where, as you said, you played volleyball and basketball and really had a phenomenal career in both. Let's talk a little volleyball first. You played all four years. You were named All-State and made it very far in the state tournament your junior and senior year. So you're tall. I have to imagine you've got a good spike. (laughs) Yeah. Um... I mean, that definitely helped out. Uh, I started playing my eighth grade year, and it just, I think my height helped a lot with that. And I was just, I was very competitive. So I wanted to win, and I wanted to hit the ball hard every single time. So um, that was fun. I had a great time. It was really great to play, you know, two sports in high school because I had different friends, and it was nice to not be doing the same thing every single day and to take my mind off of basketball, which I took a lot more serious. So it was just fun to, you know, have fun, be competitive, play a game of volleyball, and, you know, just meet more people that way. And that's pretty That's pretty good. You you only started in eighth grade, and you make all state in high school. <laughs> yeah, well, my mom also played volleyball, too. So 
she uh, taught me a bunch, and uh, my coaches did a really great job of getting me in positions and playing me with people that were going to make me succeed. So um, it was a lot of fun. And my team was actually really great. I played with some really great volleyball players that went to UNC and even Penn State and uh, Minnesota. So and Winthrop. So like we had a really good team, actually. Um, wow. It was exciting to play with them. Penn State has a great women's volleyball team. Yeah, yeah. And they're always fun to watch, too. I love watching Penn State volleyball. Um, just so exciting. I think any of my friends can can have proof that I get really excited whenever I just watch volleyball. Even just at UConn, I love watching. Or um, on TV, I just get really, like, really excited. And <laughs> I find a lot of fun in watching volleyball. I think it's fun, too. They hit the ball so hard. I don't know how they yeah. react that quickly. I know. It's I'm crazy. amazed. Did you have any offers to play volleyball in college? Um, I, I told my coaches that I really wasn't looking for, for volleyball. So, you know, it was just something I really only played, like, two or three months out of the year, and I would go to open gyms and everything, but I never played club. I never really put myself out there to be scouted. Um, so I – and – they had asked me if they wanted to, like, let me know if schools were looking at me, and I was just like, no, it's really okay. I'm I'm really just trying to play for fun, and I, I knew my heart always was set with basketball, so um, it wasn't really too much of a hard decision for me to make. But mm-hmm. um, So I don't really know what options I could have played at, but I'm sure I could have found somewhere, but nowhere near the rank of what UConn was. Yeah, I think you made the right choice. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> and now with basketball, how was it being coached by your mom? And your dad, right? He was on the bench, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It's really all I ever knew up until that point. So they taught me everything I knew. So it's not like I was like, no, someone else taught me this. Like, they taught me everything. So we had our moments, you know, where – it was a heated practice or we would get frustrated with each other, but it was very rare. And we were on the understanding that, you know, we need our space when we need our space. And so it, was, it wasn't too bad, but I'm very thankful that I have a great relationship with both of my parents. And so I have honestly them coaching me to, to thank them for that because, you know, we got to spend all that extra time and they didn't miss any of my games. They were always at them and, you know, they got to watch me grow as a player and as a person, and I think that's just really awesome. Um, and so so great to have that comfort, you know, yeah. that your parents are always going to be able to watch you and watch you succeed and fail and all of the above. So um, it was it was cool. I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't have changed it for the world. So um, I definitely enjoyed my uh, experience. Yeah, that's an interesting point you brought up. They never miss a minute of you playing basketball. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, I mean, it was different for AAU and travel basketball, you know. Mm-hmm. Obviously, my parents can make it, or my mom pretty much made every tournament, but, you know, some days my dad couldn't make, so it wasn't the same thing. But, you know, I always knew high school that they were going to be at every single one of them. Yeah, that's awesome. Any awkward dinners, though, after a hard practice? <laughs> no, we did a, a pretty good job with leaving things on the court. Um, maybe like a car ride, it could be something. But <laughs> we always had a great open conversation about things, and I think that was something that uh, made everything a lot easier. You know, it was like, hey, mom, like I need you to just like 
give, give me my two minutes of break or, hey, Dad, like, can you not do that right now? Like, it was always nice. And the same thing for them. Like, if I was annoying them, you know, it's not just a one-way street. So um, I'm very thankful that I had a great uh, line of communication with my parents throughout the coaching and um, high school basketball. So it was definitely a great experience, I think. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys had a had a great way to separate player and coach versus daughter and mother father. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they were still my my biggest supporters, my closest friends, and the people I knew I can always count on. So it was just um, a bonus that they got to experience um, high school basketball with me. Yeah, and they probably ran all the plays for you, right? You're their daughter. <laughs> <laughs> well. No, see, that's that's what we got a lot of that we were nervous about, um, you know, just having favoritism. And um, I got more of that my freshman year just because I did start varsity and, you know, I was playing over everyone that was older than me. So um, we were a little nervous whether or not we were going to be able to, you know, work past that. But shortly after that, people began to see that, you know, I was talented enough to play on varsity and, was doing well enough, so I, I didn't get so much after that um, my freshman year. And you really shouldn't have gotten any of that. I mean, come on, Kyla, <laughs> you end up at UConn. Obviously, <laughs> you're good enough to start uh, varsity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I mean, all the plays should be run through you anyway. If I was your point guard, I'd, I'd give you the ball every time. I wouldn't question your parents. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just messing with you. So... <laughs> You're a top 50 player in the nation. You score over 2,000 points in your high school career. You pulled down over 11, re- uh, well, 11, more than 11. <laughs> you pulled down <laughs> over 1,100 rebounds, and you averaged a double-double your senior year. Amazing stats. Thank you. Of course. And you're the all-time leading scorer at the school. Now, did your mother go to that school? I know she played at Penn State. Yeah, no, she's actually from Connecticut. Um, so it's oh, kind of funny. My right. mom grew up in Connecticut, came to Pennsylvania, and I grew up in Pennsylvania when I went to Connecticut. So nice. yeah, she didn't go there. <laughs> all right, and I, I think I remember reading now all your family's back in Connecticut, right? Extended family. Yeah, my mom. My, all of my mom's side is still in Connecticut, uh, and then my dad's side is in like the Philly area. So you must have had a, a good fan base at the UConn games. Oh yeah, always. And not only are you the all-time leading scorer, you're only the second player, male or female, to score over 2,000 points in your county. Um, I think it's maybe three now, but yeah. Yes, it was definitely a really cool landmark. I still remember that, um, that game and that moment, uh, just how exciting it was. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really cool, and I'm, I'm very happy to be one of those people to leave my mark on my county. Yeah, that's awesome. You won a district title during your time there, and you were three-time All-State. So you're obviously a sought-after recruit. What was that process like for you? Um, it was honestly really cool. I, I loved getting to know the coaches and, you know, not just on, like, the basketball standpoint. It was just really cool getting to know them as people and um, building those relationships and figuring out, you know, what was important to me, what wasn't important to me. How far did I want to go? How far, how close did I want to stay to home? Um, so you know, it was just it was something that I I really did enjoy getting to know everybody and taking that time in the process of you know just getting to know the the school and um, especially you know 
when I was in high school, I was watching their teams play a lot more. So I was like, well, do I fit into their style? Do I like this? Do I like that? Um, and just, you know, trying to find that perfect match for me. And I, I had a really great time. Nice. Now, what schools were you seriously considering? Well, I had committed um, early my junior year. So I was yeah. still, like, really early on in the process. So obviously I, I had some great connections, but um, nothing really felt like it did whenever I went to my visit at UConn. And um, so I knew that was, like, the perfect place for me. Did you grow up watching UConn? Yeah, always. I think, you know, you're a, a young girl playing basketball. That's the team you always watch. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to watch them and see how they play and, and learn from the best, you know. So they were always a team I would watch and, um, you know, look out for. So once they offered you, was that kind of it? Um, so I was actually at a volleyball tournament the weekend that they had asked me to come up and visit. So I left Pittsburgh at like 11 p.m. to go to Connecticut. And I got there super late, or I guess early in the morning. And I had my first unofficial visit um, at UConn. And so I was so exhausted but so tired. So I was pretty much just running on adrenaline. And um, I wasn't expecting much, you know, because I, I hadn't received any offers from schools like UConn so I was just you know like feeling it out I wasn't trying to get my hopes up and you know just trying to make sure the coaches knew who I was going up there and what they were going to get out of me as well as what I was going to get out of them so I was just keeping an open mind and you know I was having conversations with the coaches and the players and I just I felt great I felt like I connected with everybody I felt comfortable enough where I could you know speak and not feel like I was overwhelming and um so then the next day I went back and we were just sitting in coach's office and uh, they they offered me a position and I said yes before I could even like think about it. <laughs> and I didn't even ask my parents, didn't say anything. I was just like, yes, this is where I want to be. And um, so it was pretty much that moment that I was 100% committed to playing at UConn. Wow, good for you. Thank you. And I have to ask, did Penn State recruit you? Yeah, they did. They did recruit me. Was that awkward? Did a, did a lot of uh, hometown friends and uh, fans want you to go there? <laughs> um, I'm sure, but I think whenever I made the decision to go to UConn, they kind of understood that, you know, I wanted to place myself with UConn instead of staying home. Um, and I wanted to get away. I wanted to experience college. Um, not that I couldn't do that at Penn State, but I was just excited to move out, do my own thing, and and figure myself out. Yeah, I can totally understand that. As you said earlier, the the Bryce Jordan Center is right by your house. You can see it from your window. (laughs) Yeah. So I I, I don't blame you at all. Mm -hmm. You get to UConn in the summer of 2016 after they just won four national titles. Did you feel intimidated at all going into that atmosphere? Yeah, of course. I mean, not, I don't know about it today, but you were just like in complete awe. You were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm finally here and I'm one of the players on the team and, you know, I'm not just like watching them on TV anymore. Um, and you walk into the facility and you just see every national championship banner. You see every um, All-American, every player of the year, every uh, Olympic player banner. Everything's in that gym. 
And Are there enough banners to even fit in the gym? <laughs> Believe it or not, they made some space. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, it's just so much history just on that campus in between our practice facility and our actual game arena. And it's just, you know, you're in complete awe. And there's so much going on. You know, you want to win as much as every other team has there. And you want to leave your mark and be part of those program or teams that, you know, make history. And so, yeah, of course I had that on my mind. And I was, I was nervous, but I knew I was in great hands there. And I was beginning to make some of the like, best friends of my life. So, yeah, it was definitely intimidating. But, you know, you knew that's what you're going to get whenever you're going there. Mm-hmm. What I'm sure everyone would love to know, what is it like playing for Gino Ariema? <laughs> uh, you know, it's tough. It's not easy. And it's not for everybody. Um, he does a great job of knowing what buttons to push. And um, so, yeah, he, he finds out what really gets you going, and, you know, he'll keep pushing them until he gets what he wants. And so that's, I guess, how, you know, he is the greatest at what he does, and he knows how to win basketball. He just does. He knows the X's and O's. He knows where to place people and how to be successful, and I think that was something I really enjoyed learning about. You know, I learned so much basketball, not just playing and the uh, plays and stuff, I understood, like, why I was doing the things that I was doing. And I loved how things weren't, not, I don't want to say pointless, but there was always a reason for the craziness. You know, mm-hmm. we never did a drill for no reason. There's always a reason behind it. There was always a reason why we had to do it the exact same way every single time. You know, he, he knows what he's doing. He's great at his job. You know, he, he, he is, everyone has a little, little crazy side, but he knows that. Uh, he's fun, though. Uh, they're, all, they're all fun. They're all good. They all know what they're doing, and I think that helps us understand as players, you know, they're going to make us the best that we can possibly be um, on and off the court. Yeah, I'd say they're good at their job, 11 national yeah. championships. <laughs> yeah, I think so. What I've always wondered is will associate coach – Chris Daly ever become a head coach somewhere? Uh, I mean, she's she's UConn through and through. You know, I, I don't see her. I don't see her being anywhere but UConn. Just you know, she helped build that program. You know, she was with coach the entire time, and yeah. I think you know it's always coach and CD. And uh, I don't know if CD ever gets as much credit as as she should because, you know, she, she is part of that. And, and she, rightly so, she's been nominated uh, in a bunch of Hall of Fames, and uh, she does get recognized, but, you know, she, she is there. She's always there, and she knows so much about basketball, and, and UConn basketball is her life. So, yeah, she, she was a head coach a few games <laughs> in my career there. Oh, true, yeah. Yeah, I guess I was thinking that with uh, Muffin McGraw stepping down and Neil Ivey taking over. I wonder yeah. if Gino, if he ever steps down, would Chris Daly be up to take the reins for a couple of years? I don't know. That'd be a great question to ask her. I'm not sure. Yeah, interesting to think about. Yeah. Your freshman year in 2017, HBO was doing a documentary series on UConn's quest for a fifth title in a row. What was that experience like? Uh, it was really cool, like, just being able to see the crew everywhere and, um, 
you know, they did literally follow us everywhere we went. <laughs> so, um, it was a really cool experience just be, you know, like on an HBO show and um, see that side of how things are made. And, um, you know, looking back, that was something that I was really, like, I was able to experience that. I was on that team that was there. So, um, it was really cool. I did enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, it, it was cool watching back, too. Just remember, like, oh, like, this is actually what happened, but, like, they cut this part out right before, so. <laughs> so, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of editing that goes on there. <laughs> yeah. I like the episode where it was snowing. There's a big snowstorm at Connecticut, and the coaches couldn't get out of their house to get to the gym, but you guys mm-hmm. had to walk through all that snow, and you still had to practice hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we, we still had practice that day. It was, it was it was still a good practice, and I'm glad we got in. But, yeah, it was, it was so snowy. I just remember walking down from my dorm in, like, feet of snow and the wind, and it was definitely crazy. I would have been like, don't we get a snow day, too? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> I also like the episode. I don't know. Maybe it was the same one. I'm not sure. You guys did a cook-off at, uh, I guess, Coach Gino's house, and Chris yeah. Daly wanted to see who was going to be the most competitive, and my favorite <laughs> was that Katie Lou just made the salad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty typical of her. No, I'm just kidding. She, <laughs> she always did a really good job, and uh, that was really fun for us because we did, um, like, two cook-offs, or, like, one we learned how to make it, and then the next one we actually did the cook-off. So it was fun. It was really cool, and obviously we love being competitive, so that was just an added bonus to it. Nice. I would have been like, can Mrs. Oriema just cook, cook us dinner as an Italian? I'm <laughs> sure she's a phenomenal cook. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we love having dinner at their place. Oh, I bet. So a lot of great players go to UConn, obviously. So playing time can be hard to come by. And you didn't see a lot of time on the court your first three years at UConn. How hard was that after being the star in high school? Um, yeah, it was, it was really hard. Um, definitely my freshman year trying to figure out, you know, what my role was on this team and how can I still find a way to contribute whenever I wasn't getting time on the court. Um, and, you know, so many people think, like, oh, they don't play in the games, but I still practice in every practice. So, you know, like, it's still an everyday thing and it's still hard to, you know, remain competitive and remain having a good mindset um, whenever you aren't getting what you were, you were thinking on the court. Um, so, you know, I really, it took me a while to figure out, you know, what was going to be my thing. How can I help this team be better? And that's whenever I was, you know what, I'm just going to be the best teammate I can possibly be. And I just really took full control over my attitude and try to maintain a good energy on the court, um, getting really excited about things and just always talking. I knew none of the coaches could take that away from me, my energy and my ability to communicate. And I think I've always been a, a really good communicator on and off the court, so that was something I knew I could always bring. And I wanted to be consistent with that. And, you know, I always felt more comfortable and, like, I knew what I was doing whenever I would talk and, like, mm-hmm. say what I was doing. And... That way I was, you know, I was learning a lot faster because I was saying it all the time and I was doing it and I was, you know, really just um, having that energy 
all kind of practice. You know, some days, some days it was hard to have, <laughs> to have much energy, but I knew that that was what I needed to do, and that was the only way I was going to make this team better. And um, so I, I took a lot of pride in, in having energy and talking, and I think after my freshman year, it really um, it felt good to be that player. And so I wanted to carry that on into my sophomore year. And obviously I was still hoping to play more than I did. But, um, you know, I always knew that if I can always be this, then I'm, I'm okay. You know, mm-hmm. I want to be the best teammate I can be and best person I can be for this program. And um, just I wanted to remain c- constant with that. And I think that was something that I really, really tried to continue all four years. And, um, so it was, it was really exciting this past year to play a lot more and have that energy off the court. Um, but that was always in the back of my mind to take a lot of pride in, in being consistent and having good energy and bringing something to the court that nobody else could take away. Absolutely. And I really want to commend you. Everything you just said showed through when you're watching the games back because you are a tremendous teammate. As you said, you're always talking. You're fired up when teammates make great plays. You know, you're standing, you're engaged. You aren't moping because you aren't playing. And and you're someone that realizes it's bigger than just you. And you're the ultimate teammate. You should be so proud of yourself because not everyone is wired that way. Not everyone can do that. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. No, but I just I love seeing that. And I'm sure every UConn fan that's listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean... That was always something, and I didn't ever do it for for the people or anything. I always did it for my team, and it made it easy that I was really close with my teammates, and I genuinely cared about them. So to see them make a great play and do something great just made me so excited for them. You know, just just being part of that. Like I don't, I didn't even care. <laughs> you know, like I still went to a final four every year that we could go, and I still, you know, met as many cool people as everyone else on my team that played. So I was still able to do everything and be a part of the program, whether I was actually on the court or not. And I think, you know, I was just trying to maintain that that energy and, and gratefulness for the program, you know. Yeah, and, and honestly, that stuff that you're doing when you're on the bench, it does impact what's going on on the floor. Because if your teammate is making a good play or just drew a charge, and they see the teammates on the bench fired up and yelling, that makes them more fired up, and they're going to play harder and better. So it definitely <laughs> yeah, contributes to all, this, all the success. Yeah, I definitely agree. I agree that energy is contagious. Absolutely. And you brought a lot of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So UConn is undefeated going into the Final Four in 2017 and 18. It's well known that you guys lose at the buzzer to Mississippi State and then with just a few seconds left against Notre Dame. Obviously, we've heard from Mississippi State and Notre Dame's point of view of that. I would love to know from you what it's like to be on the losing end of that, and not only just to be on the losing end of it, but to do it twice. Um not fun. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Um, no, those are probably like my least favorite moments ever. Just, it was, it was in complete shock. I really had, didn't think that that was ever going to happen. And I still believe like to this day, if we had one or two more seconds on the clock, we still would have won the game um, in both of the buzzer beaters. And, you know, I think it was just, 
you just felt your heart like stop. You're like, what? How did that just yeah. go in? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it was, it was really hard, you know, not once but twice. And those were really big pills to swallow and um, hated ending our seasons like that. It sucks, but that's the way sports go, right? The other team happened to have the ball the, on the last possession. It happened to go in. Yeah, and, you know, when it boils down to it, it's not always the last play that changes the game. You know, it's, sure. it's the plays leading up to that and um, whether or not we made our, the best decision every single play or, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it's, it's not just the last second shot. It's always things leading up to it and, um, that's something that we would always talk about and trying to make sure that we're, we're always making the best play possible. And that's something that UConn basketball has always been about is just, we don't want a good shot. We want the best shot. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was always something that we would think about. And, um, it was always just in the back of my mind. I don't, I don't know about anybody else, but it was just something that I, I hated to experience that. Um, so I, I always understood when, we needed to be perfect because, you know, we lived through things where it wasn't always perfect. So, you know. Yeah. But, you know, I hope you guys don't think of those as total failure seasons because they were still great seasons, right? One loss. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's definitely crazy that my first two years, I only had two losses. Um, so I think, you know, I don't, consider them failure seasons or anything like that both years we still made history or something like like or maybe it was just my freshman year we made history but um you know like those years still are in the record books they're still great seasons but you know they just didn't turn out how we wanted so um there's always something like oh we had one more game but um still still good seasons overall yeah absolutely you start to play more minutes as a junior in 2019, and you even get to start two games. Take me through what it was like the first start you got. Um, well, I didn't want to think too much about it because I heard the morning of that Megan Walker was sick. And so I was just kind of like, all right, well, we'll see. You know, I wasn't really sure what he was thinking. Um, and I was sitting there watching film the day of the game and, the piece of Collier looks over at me. She's like, okay, so you're going to guard this girl. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess the piece told me who, that I'm playing. So um, it was really cool. And I, I didn't actually tell any of my family members that I was starting because I didn't want to make myself nervous. I didn't want to put too much pressure on myself. I just kind of wanted to take a deep breath. And, you know, it's just, just another game. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously I was, I was so excited. Um, but I was, I was definitely nervous because whenever you sit on – the bench to start the game, you know, you get to watch the game unfold a little bit and things that are obviously on, on the scout, but you see it in person this time. And so it's a little bit different, a little bit easier to get adjusted, but uh-huh. um, I was still so excited that uh, Coach trusted me with that opportunity and gave me that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I, I was very thankful for those first two games starting. Nice. Now, how often could your parents make it to games? They actually only missed like five games, my whole five home games, my whole career. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So they did a lot of down and back trips. Um, I don't know how they did it. I really don't. But I'm so thankful that they were able to experience that with me. And 
Um, it was always comforting knowing that I could look over them uh, where, like, the parents and family sit and uh, just see them there and know that they were supporting me because not every day was easy. So it was just nice knowing that I had my family there for me. And whether it was only 20 minutes that I got to see them or a whole weekend, um, it definitely made a difference knowing that they were in the stands watching me. And how, how long does it take to get from State College to stores? It's about six hours. What? And they only missed five games? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. That is they're, amazing. They're dedicated, and I'm, I'm very thankful for them. They must have racked up a ton of miles on their car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they did. They definitely did. My dad would go and get, like, four coffees for his trip. <laughs> he was ready. Wow, that's amazing. Wow, yeah. your parents were definitely dedicated. And as you yeah, said, they, they, they had to stop coaching. They had to retire if they are going to make all those trips. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Very cool. UConn has never lost an American Athletic Conference game and has been to the Final Four since, I believe, 2008. Do you guys appreciate still every milestone, or, or does it almost get old? Like, yeah, this is what always happens. Um. No, no, coach tries to make it a point, you know, like that things are still a big deal, you know, after big games or, you know, sometimes we do, we are a little frustrated after a game that we do win when we should be happy, but um, there's a difference between, you know, just winning a game and winning the game you call play. And I think that was always something that we tried to take pride in and try to strive for every single game. You know, we want perfection. And that was always something that was always, right there in front of us that we wanted wanted to get and um so we didn't take for granted those little things it was always nice um you know like the american athletic conference championship games those are always fun and great experience and you know coach did want us to like live in the moment and understand that this was a big deal this is a big deal and um so he, he would try to remind us of that but he always wanted to remind us you know like this is what we want their next step we got to get this you got to look at this next game but um I think they also did a really good job of not making it so we were only playing for the championship game we were always playing the game next mm-hmm. like the game that was right in front of us because you know especially when it comes to March if you don't win you don't go to the next game so it was always most important to put, to win the game that you were playing and uh, that was always part of our strategy, just to focus on the game that we had right there. That's good. And that's great that you guys could still appreciate and celebrate every Final Four you made, every conference tournament you won. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. This past season, you saw the most playing time in your career and were a major contributor. Did this season make you make it even more rewarding to you because you stuck it out, you waited your turn, and really earned your minutes because so many people these days transfer, but you didn't. You stayed. Yeah, um, it definitely meant so much to me that I I was able to, you know, push myself through those really, really hard days and get better. And I always knew that I was going to get so much more out of this than just playing um, you know, I, I love the person that I am after going through four years of UConn basketball and, you know, the things that I know I can handle now. Because um, I, I was just talking about this with someone else that, 
life doesn't just stop at UConn, you know, things still happen, you know, um, basketball is not just hard, but life can be hard too. So Mm -hmm. I really grew up in college and I really figured out the type of person I am and things that I want to do and, you know, things I believe in. And, um, so I'm very thankful that this season did turn out and I waited my turn and it felt really great that I was able to, you know, help my team in the ways that I thought that I always could. And, um, that he trusted me enough with that and that I was capable of doing it and that I had enough knowledge now and I, I knew what UConn basketball was and how hard we had to go and what plays we were trying to run and just the concepts of what we were doing. And, um, you know, I really think that those first three years really built me into this person that I, I was supposed to become and I'm thankful that you know, this last year I was able to do that on the court with my teammates and have it be my senior season and um, just really be able to experience that. I think it's cool that you, you stayed and you realized that you're also becoming a better person on top of becoming a better basketball player. Yeah, that was always the, the bigger picture for me. Um, you know, that was something that was really important for me in the recruiting process that I wanted to go somewhere where I would become a better person, not just a basketball player. And, you know, I knew the standards that they held for them at UConn, and I knew um, what they took pride in, and that was something that was really important to me, that I held myself to a different standard and that I would push myself every single day. And um, it's crazy. I was just thinking about this today that I still, like, crave um, this dying of, like, I want to, like, practice so hard where I feel like I can't do it anymore. Like, I just feel like I need to, like, do something, and I need to make my workouts harder, and, you know, just this, this sense of, you know, I need to work harder every single day. And I, I have you kind of thank you for that. I have my parents, my siblings. I have all those people that have helped, you know, put this in me where, you know, I'm, I'm becoming this hard worker, and um, I, I want to be as dedicated as I possibly can to whatever I'm doing. Um, and so, yeah, I'm thankful that, you know, UConn really did that for me as well. Yeah, because the ball's going to stop bouncing at some point in your life. Yeah. But absolutely. that work ethic, you can take with you everywhere, whether it's a job in business, whether it's, you know, continuing to work out, to run a marathon, to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. You were dealt a crushing blow just a few months ago in March at the American Athletic Conference Tournament. You got bumped in the air going up for a rebound and, and landed on your arm, fracturing your elbow. I can't imagine how painful that was. Uh, yeah, I really didn't know what happened right away. Because, like, literally my whole entire body landed the exact same time. So um, I just felt this, like, insane pain in my elbow. And I didn't know exactly what happened. And I just remember asking, like, my trainer, like, what's going on? Why is everyone silent in a gym, you know? And um, so she thought at first that my elbow was dislocated. And I was like, oh, no, that's disgusting. I I can't even imagine what my elbow looks like right now. And um, so they got me back into the locker room, and that's whenever our our doctors said that it was a definite displacement fracture um, with a possible dislocation. So... Whenever I heard that they were going to take me out on a stretcher and in, in an ambulance, I was pretty devastated, um, especially because, you know, two days before I just broke my finger. And, um, you know, I just I didn't think that it was really real. 
you know, I didn't think I was ending my senior season. And um, at that point, obviously, we didn't know that uh, the, the season was going to be canceled. So it was just so heartbreaking. And um, I, I really had a hard time sleeping the rest of that week, just knowing that I wasn't going to be able to ever put that jersey back on and be on the court, you know, just very heartbreaking. Yeah, and you you hate to see anyone get injured, but especially a player like you, Kyla, where you waited your turn, you were always this great teammate. Finally this year, you were a major contributor, and then you get hurt. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely a bummer, but, um, you know, I guess that was in the cards for me. Yeah, you know, on the basketball court, injuries are always going to happen. But yours was significant enough that it had to be dealt with right away, right? You had to go into surgery pretty quickly. Yeah, so um, that night I got to the hospital um, and they took some x-rays and then I got transferred to another hospital and then um, I had more x-rays and CT scans and... They actually didn't know when I was going to have my surgery, so they weren't, honestly, I couldn't eat anything past midnight. And I hadn't eaten anything since noon, so I was, like, so oh, hungry. No. I was looking for food. and um, So they finally came in around, like, 7 a.m. and told me that I was going to have my surgery around 2.30. And um, so that was at least nice that I knew I had, you know, this, this time where it was going to finally happen. And uh, so I was just kind of waiting for that waiting for that time, and uh, didn't sleep much, so I was really exhausted, but, you know, going to the surgery, I was definitely nervous. I'd never gone to surgery before in my entire life, and um, I actually just scheduled a surgery that I was supposed to have on my foot, so I was, like, at least mentally prepared to have that one, but this mm-hmm. one I had, like, no time to repair, and I was just like, oh, my gosh, like, I have to have this right now, and um, so, yeah, they ha- I had the surgery, and I currently had a plate, eight screws, in my elbow. Um, so yeah, I actually broke my electronod, which is the tip of my elbow, and then my ulna. So um, luckily the plate covered most of the crack in my ulna, but there was, I guess the crack in my ulna was pretty big, um, or long, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. But uh, so yeah, and it was actually really crazy. And he told me that things worked out really well and that was kind of already two weeks um, I had a schedule coming out of surgery, which is really awesome. And I was excited wow. to hear that he said that I could be super aggressive with uh, my rehab. And so that made me excited because, you know, I, I wanted to get back to everything that I was doing before. But, you know, at the end of the day, he was still saying that I'm not going to be cleared to, to play basketball for two to three months. So I'm still, I'm still waiting to get cleared for basketball, but I can work out and PT is going really well, so um, I'm happy. I'm happy about that. Yeah, I'm happy to hear that you're doing well. Yeah, thank you. And you had to miss the championship game, obviously, because you had to get the surgery right away. But you yeah. were still your positive <laughs> self. You were still there for the team. Um, I think you talked to them before the game, and then you FaceTimed with them after. Yeah, that actually made me really happy. I. I sent them like a good luck text and everything and just saying how excited I was for them and wish that I could be there. And um, obviously, you know, they, they wish that I could be there too. And it was right after the game and I got like, I wasn't expecting a FaceTime call from them and they just FaceTimed me and I got to listen to Coach's speech. And, you know, it, just, it actually kind of brings tears in my eyes right now thinking about it Aww. because it just, it meant so much that, you know, they thought of me right away and they wanted me to experience that with them and, 
um, you know, it did mean a lot. And even right after the surgery, I like woke up and I asked right away, I was like, what time is it? <laughs> and they're like, it's 613. And I was like, oh, I gotta go. Like the game starts at seven. I gotta go. Oh, so wow. I didn't even have, like, I didn't even have time to be loopy. I was just like, I gotta go. Time to watch the game and, um, finally eat something. <laughs> yeah. Right. So you got to watch the game from the hospital. That must've been a unique experience. Actually, they, it was like an outpatient surgery, and I actually got to go to the hotel that um, we were staying at. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of crazy how fast I could get out of things. Nice. And, you know, that just shows how much that they care about you as a teammate and appreciate you that they called you right away. You're yeah, absolutely, absolutely part of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they did a really great job at making me feel good about that. That's great. And as we've mentioned, the season gets cut short, but you end your career as a team captain. You make three Final Fours. You never lost a conference game. And you only lost eight games total in four years. Incredible career that you should be proud of. Yeah, thank you. I, I am very proud of it. It's really exciting, and I'm, I'm glad that I was able to experience that. And that's something that nobody can ever take away from me. Um. You know, I had that in my back pocket. Now I have these lifelong tools that I'll be able to use and these connections that I have. And, you know, you kind of just changed my life. It's awesome. You're about to graduate. What are your future plans? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I'm not 100% sure. I have a few options, but, you know, with everything being on hold right now, I have um, no real solid deal right now, just, with hiring freezes and, um, you know, not really sure where the world is going to stand in a few months. So um, I'm just trying to take it day by day and, you know, just try to heal and get myself back to where I need to be um, to be the best that I can be. That's great. Yeah, focus on healing because the world in general is <laughs> no one knows the future. <laughs> right, exactly. And as I said before, I just, I feel terrible for everyone that's a senior and about to enter the world. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but it, it is nice. I don't feel like I'm getting too far behind just because nothing's really moving. <laughs> that's so a good point. At least I, I can find time to heal and mentally, physically, emotionally, everything, get, get back to where I need to be for the next stage of my life. Absolutely. You've got a lot of time. <laughs> What are your thoughts on UConn going back to the Big East next season? It's obviously a different Big East than in the past. Yeah, uh, I think it's really exciting for them. I'm, I'm excited that they'll be able to, you know, go to that conference and, um, you know, challenge themselves in a different way. Um, I think it'll be really fun to watch those games, so I'm, I'm really excited for them. My dad's a Villanova alum. He's not too excited. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. That's funny. Kyla, I'd love to end the podcast with a few fun questions. How does that sound? Uh, sure. Yeah, sure. What is a funny story about Coach Oriema that you're allowed to share? Oh, my gosh. That he won't get too mad at you? <laughs> Off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I just remember he's always, like, he didn't really yell too much at us, but it was always just, like, a quick thing and... Uh, so his, his favorite person to yell at, I thought, was always Nafisa Collier, and he just, Nafisa! And then he wouldn't <laughs> say anything. 
And so, like, there's just so many practices where we hear her name get yelled, but that's that's all it was. Um, so that was that's always something that'll make me laugh and chuckle looking back on. That's pretty funny. She's probably like, "What? I don't know what I did wrong. You're just yelling my name." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is pretty funny. What TV show are you binge watching in this quarantine? Too many. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I started watching some of Ozark just because everyone's been talking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched Game of Thrones. I've been watching a bunch of movies. And um, what else am I watching? Um, I've been watching like some of This Is Us. Just, just some shows I've ever I'm, I'm all around the place. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Now, did you like the ending of Game of Thrones, or were you not a fan? Um, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, so I don't, I don't know. It, it was okay, I guess. It wasn't as amazing as Donald show, I guess, in general. But I, I think they could have done a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I thought I thought it was okay. I'm a, I like Game of Thrones, but I don't love it like so many people do. So so many of my friends were like so upset, but I didn't have that emotion. I was like, eh. Yeah. It was yeah. fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyla, last question. What is a talent you have that not many people know about? Hmm. Uh not many people besides like my friends and family, I guess. I'm pretty crafty and like artsy. I like to make things and um, paint. And I guess I like making things more, like building things. Um, So, yeah, I think I'm more crafty than artsy. But, yeah, whatever that may be. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Kyla, where can all the UConn fans find you? Well, my Instagram is uh, at K-Y-Y-L-A. I-R-R-W-I-N. And then my Twitter is, I think, at KyIrwin25. Easy enough. (laughs) Kyla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I had a blast talking with you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a great time. All right, everyone. That was my chat with Kyla Irwin. I hope you enjoyed it. She's the epitome of a great teammate. She waited her turn, and when her number was called, she was ready. I know she's going to succeed at whatever she chooses to do in the next phase of her life. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.